Welcome to Well Articulated. All right, coming back with what? What's we're gonna call this flossy posse? <laughs> flossy, it's patient education, whatever. Patient. You want. <laughs> so, all right, flossy. Samantha. Flossophy. Philosophy. Philosophy. So, Samantha, what is the most important part of treating a patient, in your opinion? Well, I would say the most important part. Is Wrong. Is patient education. You're <laughs> Making right. sure that you they so know. <laughs> Making Where sure that they, they know. get it besides in the dental chair. Exactly. Making sure that they know exactly what they need to do every single day with whatever they have left in their mouth, whether it be removable or fixed. You guys don't hand oh. out uh, cards about oral hygiene on the corner like I do? Oh, yeah, right. No? Uh-uh. That's nope. not a thing? Okay, well... I guess we'll just summarize it all here because <laughs> goes to mass audiences about instead of the right. homeless person I'm feeding. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway. The thing that gets me is those TV commercials. You know, they're selling product all the time. Mm-hmm. And like, especially like toothpaste. How much toothpaste do you use? Right. A yeah. little piece size or bigger. When mm-hmm. you see those TV commercials, you see this big flaunt of toothpaste. <laughs> they're selling product. And plus, there's more abrasive and more toothpaste. So. You know, you gotta be careful with the toothbrush and toothpaste, and minimal toothpaste is good, and what type of toothbrush do we use? Extra soft bristle. Or? Or just soft. What are medium and hard brushes for? You've heard this before. No, I don't know. Like The bathroom tile, the (laughs) grip between there. That's what medium and hard brushes are for. But then you get patients coming in, and they're uh-huh. like, well, I use a hard brush because I feel like it does That's more. old school. But, right, exactly. But what do we always talk about when we Recession. have plaque in our mouth? No. When we have plaque, how easy is that to remove? Fingernail. Basically, a little fingernail pressure. Mm-hmm. It sounds disgusting, but that's what you need to remove plaque. If anything calcifies underneath the gums, you think a toothbrush and, tooth, um, and floss is going to take that out? Mm-hmm. That's why we use the scalers. That's why we do the profies. So, you know, it's so, it's so funny how they still push the medium and hard brushes, but if you got a bathroom, it's good for their tile. So that's, I'm sticking with that, okay? I like that. <laughs> I even talk to my patients a lot about electric versus manual toothbrushes because some of my patients are heavy-handed. You know, they like those medium and hard toothbrushes, and they have, they're like, why are my teeth so sensitive? then I have to go into a recession, and it's only on one certain side of their mouth because their dominant hand is brushing over there. And now, uh, something that I've been seeing on, like, just social media, I don't know if you've seen this yet, Dr. Krava, there's something that's, it's like an, a full arch worth of bristles, and it vibrates. Mm, yes, oh I've God. seen them. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and it was created by a dentist. Okay. Now, and my patients bring it up every once in a while. They're like, well, what if I get this thing? Because I've heard of this, and I've seen it. I always say, you know, hold off on that. Maybe one day they'll figure out that, you know, that does a sufficient job. But I always say wait for the actual data to come out to show that there is that it is doing a good enough job for you to keep your oral hygiene up and so that you're not causing any issues other than like what is currently going on so i always say 
definitely stick with what we know at this moment. Once data comes out, I could be wrong. It could be the best invention in the world, but we just don't know yet. But all these new technologies and all these new finagle things and everyone, oh, this is new, this is new. Traditional, you know, brushing floss, you know, all that stuff, that's really important for me. If you got these little accessories and things like that, you can use that stuff. But, you know, if, like you say, if it doesn't withstand the test of time, you know, five years, 10 years, you know, a lot of the stuff that, unfortunately, dentists buy, they buy the newest and best thing. And they think, oh, I'm going to use this, use this, use this. And some dentists have a, um, a storage room. Basically, they put all the stuff in and it collects dust. So you have to be kind of smart of what you're purchasing and what you're doing in the office. But um, for um, keep on going, I got I got a little brain fart. Well, I know that this is kind of off on a tangent, but yeah. that's the same thing that like I've heard. You know, some new technology comes out. Mm-hmm. You should wait for the third generation. At least I don't know if you said that to me. Some, but I know that my girlfriend's father mm-hmm. always says that. He's always like, don't don't get it right away if, because there's always going to be flaws. You're gonna hate it. And then you're going to have to sell it. And then you're making half as much as you bought it for. And he also says to buy secondhand, too, if he can. Yeah, which that's always not a bad idea. Option. As long as it's still working and yeah. stuff. But if you think first generation, that's the first click out. So they're going to be spending, you know, they put a lot of research time and energy. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be the most expensive of the generations. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, when they make more generations, even in other aspects and sectors besides dentistry, when they get those second, third generations, they they can make a cheaper product because it's better, and you know, just overall. So, but sometimes that's the inverse proportion because it's a better product, then they're going to charge more too. But I do believe a third generation or more has more to it, more bells and whistles, or more research or whatever you know we have a lot more time using that that type of instrument so but to me traditional dentistry even the the um, ultrasonic scaler i'm a traditionalist i, I want a hand scaler i could feel it um tactily you get underneath that pocket you get the toe of the scaler under there you can feel it you pop it out um some people don't like the ultrasonic scaler because it's too wet for them. You see people grimace sometimes. Me, myself, I don't like it on my lower anteriors because I'm sensitive down there. Mm-hmm. I would much rather hand scaling. Mm-hmm. But that's why I always tell you guys, whenever you have someone in the chair, watch their eyes, watch their feet. Just don't watch their mouth. Because if that patient is clinching or kicking or rolling their eyes, maybe you're pushing too hard. So there's a definite signs that you have to watch your whole whole patient. Because head to toe, there's still a mind there. There's still a heart there. Yes, we're working on the oral cavity, but it's so important to read your patient because you want them to be comfortable. If they're uncomfortable, do you think they're going to come back? No, no, no definitely, definitely not. not. No. Mm-hmm. Well, and so moving back to... The original oh, I topic. Of, I know we just. Ah, it. It's okay. Ah, go. Whatever. You gotta get so, that button. You gotta <laughs> <a> no. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, uh, moving back to patient education. I, I was gonna say, uh, visuals, huge. Oh, so, yeah. like, oh, yeah. patients always ask me this, like, well, what do you mean by a deep cleaning? Because we always, for like SRP, I always say a deep cleaning instead of SRP, because nobody knows what scaling and root planing means. No. So I have a. Uh, clinic chair side manual kind of thing that has pictures of you know the sulcus the tooth the gingiva everything like different procedures that are going to happen or that we're going to do on them 
and what the final product product is supposed to be. And that was given to me through the it's a it's an ADA uh, pr- created one, and it's yeah. like I. Uh, Oh man, it's like a pla- like it's plastic, so it's like nice and like cleansable and everything. And I think that that's huge to just keep our patients understanding what we're doing to them in the chair as well, so that they're not. Because I think that there's this issue with trust for dentists too, and I think that's why it's huge that we're actually educating the patients as they're going, because patients have had you know maybe bad experiences with dentists in the past. And I think if you go ahead and inform them not of just what you're going to do, but why you're going to do it, they're going to have a lot more trust in you and understand kind of more about the dentistry and why it needs to be done for them for their overall health and for their dental health. And I think that visuals and that book really, really bring everything together so that you can describe everything to them uh, in a way that's able to be digested by them. So to say, and I agree with that. Um, we had a lot of visual uh, models, and you know, if we're doing a crown, show them what a crown looks like with mm-hmm. a model. Uh, periodontal models. We actually had some models that you could open up the gum tissue and show them literally what periodontal looks like because of the vertical horizontal bone losses, just to give them an idea what's in their their mouth. So education is very important for the patient because you got to motivate them to do the right thing at home. Like I tell a lot of patients, you got to do your homework at home. Um, um, and that, it, to me, when I say homework at home, that's your typical oral hygiene instruction and doing the next right thing for your mouth. So very pertinent. These, these, these. A picture says a thousand words, mm-hmm. and then a model can give more to it because oh, totally. there's more dimension to it. So um, we had, I even had diagnostic casts from partials from when people never picked them up, and mm-hmm. I had full dentures when people, and I, I utilized that for models and showing people what it looks like. So it really is important to educate your patient, especially when they're making these huge decisions on treatment plans too. They need to make an option or make, you know, we give them the options and they make the choice <laughs> and I always say to you guys too I'm going off tangent again but I always tell y'all um, never judge a book by its cover um, I've had a lot of patients coming in those Gucci's and they got the Mercedes and they got really nice cars but they can't afford the treatment because they're overextended. Then I get some people that are totally dressed down and it's just, you can't judge the book by the cover because those are the ones that that really take the treatment plans because they're just more of a simple person. They know how to budget, you know? So it's interesting to see that, you know, some people show that they have a lot, but they can't afford. And other people, you know, they're just simple people and they could afford it. So never judge the book by the cover. Always treat your patients well, no matter who it is. They're a human being. They have a heart and a brain. I know I said that, but, you know, to me, we have empathy and compassion. We're doing this for others, too. So we're not doing it for our pocketbook. It does fall into place eventually um, if you do the next right thing and you get a great referral basis and you get a great recall system. If you're all about the profit, people know that. And unfortunately, you could lose patients that way or maybe fortunately because... You know, you shouldn't be treating people that way in my mind. So that's opinions, of course, but it's nothing for the school or any of the dental societies. It's just me as a provider. I want to do the next right thing for people, mm-hmm. get them healthy. So I tangent again. That was <laughs> twice in this podcast. No, that's still, so that's still, but that's more. But I mean, going yeah. off of that, like, you obviously want to do the next best thing, but and always you want to have your patient, like, understand where you're coming from and... 
Um, what I actually really like to do along with, you know, visuals and pictures and all that, because I always bring up, you know, implants and bridges. A lot of my patients don't really understand that. But I like to have them um, kind of repeat what I said back to me, especially in the cleaning aspect, like flossing and brushing. Like, yes, I could show it to them. And they're like, oh, yes, this makes so much sense. And then I'd give them the brush and they just go back to you know, their natural movement. So I think that's a huge thing when you have the patient in the chair um, to actually know that they're learning from you instead of just, you know, nodding, saying yes, because I think that helps with uh, doing the next best thing for them. Well, I like the verbal confirmation mm -hmm. that they're rebutting back because that, that shows that, you know, they're they are listening to some aspect and you know the big thing is next time they come in did they learn it let's ask them again and that's why whenever we see patients even if we're doing restorative I'm like how are you brushing flossing you know what are you drinking I just kind of always push that on my patients so they critically think about it you know because when they're at home we're not holding their hand every day so they hear it when they come in the dental office but us as humans you know we get forgetful you know and that's that's kind of human nature with it so good topic y'all excellent what um what i was thinking sorry no um is, is a lot of my oh. <laughs> yes it is <laughs> i mean anyways <laughs> Excuse Dr. Krava. I know, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of my patients actually ask me, like, is mouthwash worth it? You know, and I am always back and forth with it. What's I mean, the difference know... between mouthwash and fluoride rinse? Huh? Ooh. That is a big one. Can I have mouthwash for 500? Oh, so mouthwash, are we talking antibacterial for the gingiva? Yeah, because you've got stuff like, you've got Listerine, which has zero fluoride in it. Generally, but some alcohol, so it burns and a lot. <laughs> and of people like like that. People some, love that. Yeah, some people love that, you and they think that, that it's actually working. And it's, but it is an antibacterial, it is, but it's not. That is true. So it doesn't. It's more for gingival periodontal rather than the, you know, hard dentition, the hard uh, surfaces and so everything. What's fluoride runs for? So fluoride would be the opposite. It's not really for the gingival we're portion of it. We're talking about enamel. Yeah, you know, we're talking about you know. That's really important to educate your patients because people are like, oh, I'm using act fluoride rinse. Yeah. Guess what? That's helping your enamel or if you have any high risk of caries, if you're mm -hmm. high risk potential. But, you know, then if you got a gingival problem, we're siding with some mouthwash. It's yeah. not fluoride. Right. So it's really important to tell the difference of it. So who will we get fluoride rinses to most of the time? High carriers risk patients. Okay. A lot of children too, mm -hmm. right? Oh, yep. yeah. A lot of kids, they love those candies. Even adults love the candy. I love so candy. They do have, I do too. <laughs> I, I need love to do But what do we drink <laughs> after? Water. Yes. But you know, that's the high risk potentials. So fluoride rinse, you know, that's a great topic, you know, between fluoride and, uh, and mouthwash. Absolutely. So think about that all. It's pretty yeah. straightforward. Well, yeah. and sorry, one more little thing that I'm going to talk about is, um, is that we kind of learned that, you know, toothpaste has a little bit higher percentage of a, of fluoride in it compared to fluoride rinses and that we shouldn't do fluoride rinses after we brush because technically it'll dilute it 
That is true. So mm-hmm. what I tell patients is brush in the morning with fluoride, obviously the fluoride toothpaste. Halfway through the day, go ahead and do a little act. And then at the end of the day, just do your regular toothbrush and fluoride. I like that. So at the end of the day, when you do your toothbrush and rinse, mm-hmm. spit everything so, out, then you take the fluoride, right? So I don't tell them to rinse, though. I know, because after they take the fluoride, no rinse, no food after. Right, exactly. That's the most important thing at nighttime is after they brush and after they rinse with water or what have you, get all the, you know, everything out, then you take the act fluoride. That's typically what I told my patients. Right, but here so like i don't tell them to rinse with water after they brush though and okay you, you just think, went straight to yeah i just want to clear just but yeah yeah, yeah. well you're saying just they'll dilute it expect so that it. does make yeah. sense yeah it does make sense so but the thing is also the toothpaste sorry to cut you off no yeah go ahead um you're talking about for uh fluoride content uh content um there's abrasiveness in certain toothpaste too so some toothpaste have more abrasiveness mm-hmm. and there is a scale there i don't know where the scale is but it does show you which one is more abrasive and not old school you know what they did in old school hard brush with baking, baking soda. soda that's right <sighs> That, oh, yeah, that, that beat up some teeth in the long Yeah, yeah. don't do that. Don't do that one. But, yeah, there's certain abrasiveness along with the fluoride with those toothpaste also. So, very good topics. Cool. I like very it. Good. Cool. Well. Yeah, learned a lot today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else anybody want to add? I don't know. We got other ones coming I think we're up. we're good. Don't we? Yeah. yeah. So, all right, cool. Well. Sayonara. Sign, Adios. Signing off. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for listening. Go ahead and listen to the next one, too. Yes. All right. Kraba here, aka the Beast from Well Articulated Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and enjoying today's podcast. If you enjoyed this cast and would like to help us grow, uh, follow and subscribe.